Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz. I am mystified by the decisions that Kim is making at this point to kind of save Jimmy or just support Jimmy. I want to just jump into the TV and just pull her away from him and send her to some other state. <laughs> At the Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz begins now. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast that does its best to keep you informed on the ever-changing world of entertainment. Well, see. No kidding. <laughs> I'm Lou Katz. Please welcome from her medically sealed family room, at least not six feet, but six miles away from Vulture and WTOP Radio, our pal Jen Cheney. Jen Cheney. Bravo. How's it going? We're doing okay, hanging in there. And somewhere near the corner of Keep Out and Go Away, Arch Campbell. Thank you. Yeah, and I have a statue of Larry Charles in my little office, <laughs> just to just to enforce that. So hi, Jen, and hi, Lou, and here we are. In spite of the fact that we are no longer in a busy world, that we're, you know, embedded at home, uh, in the world of TV, it's a very busy week. And so having said that, I'm going to flip it to, to Jen Cheney because uh, you, you've got a... Um, yeah, you know, um, obviously the movies are sort of to some extent on hold, um, although they're still coming out on streaming, but there are a lot of new shows that are still coming down the pipeline. And one this week that is really quite good is Mrs. America. Uh, right. This is a new FX on Hulu series, which means that you can watch it on Hulu, but it was you know, created and produced by FX. And it's looking back at the Equal Rights Amendment movement in the 1970s um, with a just tremendous cast. Um, Kate Blanchett stars in it as Phyllis, Phyllis Schlafly, who you may remember was the uh, conservative anti-ERA advocate. Rose Byrne plays Gloria Steinem. Margot Martindale is in it. Tracy Ullman plays Betty for Dan and she's amazing. It's one of these shows that it's looking back at a historical moment and sometimes those things can be a little bit dry but this is not dry at all. It's really entertaining and uh, edifying to watch. So that is... Well the interesting thing about that Jen is that uh, you know people in general have forgotten about Phyllis Shafley and Mm -hmm. she was a household name back in the day especially in the 70s and 80s and she came into her own during the uh, Reagan administration and um, this could be another another you know sort of like uh, OJ Simpson series uh, something that is out there but that uh, now the new examination uh, you know it kind of hits you like a ton of bricks so I'm interested in that I'm also interested in the term FX on Hulu you can't get <laughs> it on fx you got to have the hulu that is correct yeah so the way it works is they drop the first three episodes um this week and then going forward there'll be a new episode each week uh and the series is structured in a really interesting way where the first episode is called phyllis and it's mainly about phyllis schlafly but it's also about other things the second episode is called gloria it focuses primarily on gloria steinem but there's like a, a through line um in each of these shows so they're looking at each woman and woman individual but but they're also telling the broader story. And my concern when I started watching this was, you know, don't make me like Phyllis Schlafly. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, But uh, Kate Blanchett, 
you know, she's, she's portraying her in a way that um, is really nuanced and interesting and makes you see both the good and the not good in this woman. Um, and even some of the parallels between her and, and the women on the other side of the feminist movement. So again, it's just, it's, I, I highly recommend it. I was just thinking when Bullworth opened, you remember Bullworth with Warren yeah. Beatty? Mm-hmm. There was a big uh, uh, gaggle of us standing outside the 4,000 Wisconsin Theater waiting for Warren Beatty to come out so we could interview him. And an older woman was standing next to me. And I turned to her, I said, you know, you you look familiar. Who are you? She says, well, I'm Betty Friedan, and I'm a oh. friend of Warren's. And I just, I knew he was here, so I wanted to come over and say hello. And, uh, you know, I always found that charming. And and so I have not seen any of Mrs. America, but it sounds like not only uh, does it put a spotlight on Phyllis Shafley, but on all these women leaders from that time. And, uh, that yes. should be uh, fun. I'm interested in Too Hot to Handle, <laughs> which is yeah. probably too hot for me to handle. <laughs> I don't know about that. What I do know is that this Netflix reality show, which starts um, streaming this Friday, I just, I have a feeling this is going to be the next Tiger King. This is what everybody's going to be talking about. So the premise for this, it looks like kind of a Love Island sort of show where you have a bunch of attractive single people who are placed on a tropical island in this resort and they're supposed to live there for a month. But what they don't know until they get there is that um, they've been chosen because they're all commitment phobes. You know, they're hook up and they're not interested in relationships and once they get there they find out that they're not allowed to engage in any kind of physical activity with their fellow resort mates no kissing no anything for the entire month and that there's a a sort of a pot of money a hundred thousand dollars and anytime anybody violates that rule money is deducted from the pot so you're being asked to be um you know to try to grow a little bit as a person but you're also supposed to be uh considerate of your fellow resort mates because every time you do something you shouldn't you're costing everybody else money sounds like they could have called it master of his domain (laughs) yep it is a little bit like that bet um so at a time when everybody's kind of stuck at home um Uh and maybe they uh you know we're supposed to keep physical distance like this is kind of a really appropriate reality show to be coming out i I will not tell you that it's going to raise your iq it might drop it um slightly but um that's the perfect show for me Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and we don't have much far. We can't drop too much. You'd be surprised. What (laughs) about... We've been hearing a lot about Last Dance, the ESPN documentary on Michael Jordan. Uh, have, have you seen some of it? Yeah, I've watched it's um it's several parts, and I watched the first two parts, uh, mm. and I'm still working my way through that. I'll be reviewing that um, in the coming days. But yeah, this was supposed to air on ESPN, I believe, in June originally, sort of around the time of what would have been the NBA playoffs. And given that there is no sports and nothing going on, ESPN decided to start airing it sooner than they planned. And um, and I have a feeling this is going to be another thing that a lot of people are talking about because people are desperate for anything sports related. I mean, we were all watching, you know, a national horse competition 
last week on ESPN because that's how desperate we have all become. So to be able to watch this documentary, which has a lot of footage, um, it, it's focused primarily on the 97-98 season of the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, obviously, and other great players. But it also is really telling the broader story of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and, and um, you know, all the people that made that team such a powerhouse in the 1990s. You know, CBS reran the Masters uh, over the weekend, which was the event a year ago that Tiger Woods won, uh, you know, right. as a middle-aged uh, man with uh, all kind of physical uh, problems. And uh, and they called Tiger in on Zoom like this to uh, comment on it. And actually, I would have rather seen it uh, uncut, just mm. uh, plain and real time. I don't, I don't know if I liked uh, having the commentary and Tiger talking about it. My mm. wife said it sounded like a bunch of my boring friends after golf. <laughs> <laughs> so just saying. I mean, people are getting creative. You know, they're trying to, they're repurposing things, obviously, because you kind of have to, but then trying right. to do it in a way that makes it seem new. Uh, and there seemed to be a ton of specials uh, in the pipeline for uh, the week ahead. Yeah, well, uh, you know, what's been happening is that there's, it's like there's this whole other new um, stream of, of programming that's happening where people are doing concerts on, you know, Instagram and Facebook Live and uh, there's live DJ sessions going on and, and um, you know, a couple of weeks ago I watched a live table read on YouTube for um, uh, the show Big Mouth on Netflix. So there's all these kinds of things happening constantly to the point where I almost need like a separate non-TV guide. I need like a social media live guide to to keep up with all these wow. things. And Vulture is doing that to some extent um, on Instagram. On our Instagram feed, we have every day, here's what's happening today that we think you might be interested in. Um, I noticed the New York Times has started doing something similar where they're doing a schedule every day of what's going on. So, um, you know, if you're trying to keep tabs on that kind of stuff, I would suggest looking to those two places as a starting point because there's there's a lot of good stuff happening. And uh, let's mention the One World at Home concert, which is uh, one of those uh, crisis events that all the networks will air. What what do you know about it? Yeah, so this is a big kind of charity uh, concert and and awareness raising of around COVID nineteen, which we're all quite quite aware of. Um, yeah. It's airing on Saturday night uh, on every major network. Mm. Um, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, and Jimmy Kimmel are acting as MCs. And then there's a long list of actors, celebrities, and then musicians who are going to be uh, performing or participating in some manner. Um, I know Lady Gaga was very um, involved in putting this together. Um, so I believe she'll be a part of it. I believe Lizzo is going to be a part of it. I believe Billie Eilish, who has been in every one of these concerts so far, and, and a lot of other artists. It's a really long list, but um, it airs eight o'clock Saturday night. Speaking of Saturday night, I was taken with Saturday Night Live this weekend. They they did a Saturday Night Live uh, away session, and I know you watched as well. And what's your what's your opinion of uh, Saturday Night in the age of Zoom? You know, it's interesting. I think that the late night talk shows have had an easier time than I think Saturday Night Live can switching to that mm -hmm. format because ultimately a talk show, when you take away all the bits and the carpool karaoke's and all that stuff, is really about the audience's relationship with the host and also one-on-one -on -one conversations. And it's easier, and I think it's actually been more personal 
to watch the hosts do that from their own homes. But Saturday Night Live is a different animal. And, um, you know, I, I liked that they'd made the effort to do it because that was very much in line with the we're always going to put on a show spirit that that, sh- that Saturday Night Live has always had. But, you know, you still need to have people in the same space doing sketch comedy. And I think there were some things on it that were actually pretty funny. You know, the of course, the, the Zoom conference call parody that would, was inevitable. That was pretty funny. But I think inevitably you had a lot of the sketches are just one of the cast members doing something and they were sort of riffing on online culture technology and it because that's kind of all you could do really um you know i'm a big fan of uh, weekend update especially mm -hmm. and uh, they the two anchors did it uh, in their homes with background of some people listening and i found it distracting I didn't think it helped them. You know, the uh, Michael Shave uh, had uh, some kind of control at his computer where other people were watching them and they said they needed feedback. But I've kind of rediscovered John Oliver in this time who has uh, found a way to do last week tonight uh, against a uh, background and without an audience has uh, made it extremely entertaining uh, and almost uh, feels like uh, almost uh, the regular show. Have you seen any of uh, Last Week Tonight lately? Yeah, I've been watching it every week since he came. Uh-huh. He was originally supposed to go on a longer hiatus and decided to come back. And and yeah, I mean, I think it really, he, he can still do what he does for the reasons I was talking about before. It's really about him and his writers, obviously looking at the news and then him just kind of talking to camera. And yeah, it's better when he has an audience um, and you can hear a reaction, but it's not imperative to what he's doing. Uh, in the same way that it's not imperative for Trevor Noah to do what he does on on um, right. uh, the Daily Show to have an audience, so I think they're able to continue, even though it's not the production value is not what it was, but the the heart of what they're doing doesn't really change. We here at home have been watching going between Fallon and uh, Colbert, and uh, uh-huh. it seems to me <clears throat> I want to get your thought on this. It seems to me that Colbert is having a hard harder time doing the at-home thing, feels less comfortable in front of the camera and doing the whole thing versus uh, Jimmy Fallon. What's your take? You know, I, I think that Colbert has been good with interviews uh, as opposed to like trying to do the usual monologue type stuff that he does. Um, like he had, he had Matthew McConaughey on the other night and it was just an absolute delight. <laughs> it was great. But I agree with you. I think Jimmy Fallon is is much more suited to this medium, I think. And it helps that he has his adorable daughters and his wife like kind of popping in there. And it also helps that his house seems really awesome and it has a slide. Um, but, uh, he, uh, I I always felt like Jimmy Fallon seemed kind of, for lack of a nicer way of putting it a little bit out of his depth sometime Mm -hmm. when he was doing interviews on a big studio stage, like he normally does. But in this atmosphere where he's just having a more casual conversation over zoom, like, I feel like that's where he kind of, it suits him somehow. And it it does feel more personal. And and I think he's more charming in this moment, weirdly enough, than he has been in a long time. Well, is Saturday night live, I guess, are they? finished for the season or you think they'll try one more uh, attempt at this you know they haven't said yet at least as far as I know I know this week is going to be another rerun of um, the most recent time I think John Mulaney was on which is always Mm -hmm. worth watching if you missed it my feeling is 
I would still like to see them do new SNLs, but I think there are a lot of ways that they can do it that don't require them to try to do it on Zoom every week. Like I would love them to ask new and old cast members, just take turns and say, you're curating SNL this week and have them pick all the sketches from Mm. 45 years worth of SNLs and talk about why they like each one. Like I would watch that every week and Uh it would be a lot less awkward than trying to do what SNL does in, you know, this kind of teleconferencing situation. What a great idea. Now, speaking of things that are coming up, Monday night is the season finale of Better Call Saul. Yes. And my stomach is in an absolute knot. <laughs> and there is a wave in the entertainment world that Ree Seahorn receive an Emmy for her performance as uh, Kim Wexler. And I cannot wait for uh, the season finale, although I am just, I'm beside myself. <laughs> I'm so worried about her. Yeah, I know. Not to spoil anything too much, but the the episode that just aired this week, which was pre-finale, you know, it really brought back that kind of Breaking Bad energy where every time you were watching, especially as that show was nearing its uh, conclusion, it was like having three heart attacks every week. And uh, this episode was definitely like a heart attack at the end. There were several things happening that were just edge of your seat type stuff. And I, you know, Arch, I could not agree more. Like, I don't know why Ray Seahorn hasn't gotten an Emmy nomination before now, but she certainly deserves one after this season. So I watched the uh, first episode of Killing Eve, the third third season. And last week you said uh, the first season was great. The second season, not as good. This season, blah, and I could not agree more. I just, in fact, I've lost interest in Killing Eve. And two years ago, it was uh, my favorite series, but it just seems like it's more of the same. So I'm sorry, but I'm not interested. (laughs) I also, I was very excited about a series on PBS called World on Fire. Did you see any of that? No, I haven't gotten around to watching it yet, but I know know the series you're talking about. World War II, it's uh, the beginning of World War II. The opening scene is uh, Helen Hunt as a radio correspondent and she just happens to be driving along the border of Germany and Poland when the Germans are are getting ready to invade and she gets out of her car and the soldier says what are you doing here and she says I'm an American citizen and a radio reporter I have every right to be here and that's when I started thinking this is really not very good (laughs) It devolves into a string of cliches, mm. and uh, there's a love triangle, and uh, and of course, uh, one of the women is also a big band singer, and it's just it's it's it was awful. It's one of the worst. So uh, yeah. you know, the world on fire uh, did not catch fire for me, and I saw run. Last week, you uh, you really wanted everybody to watch Run, and uh, perhaps I should reveal to you that I am a train nerd. Ah. You didn't know that about me, did you? I didn't. I am an Amtrak train nerd. America is getting into training more and more every day. America is getting into training, training the Amtrak way. 
I have actually crossed the country by train maybe a half a dozen times. Oh, wow. I have gone to, to multiple Texas and New Orleans and Los Angeles and San Francisco. And uh, as a train nut, they did several things that bothered me that uh, didn't ring true. Hmm. For instance, in the dining car, they had white tablecloths and the waitress came and took their order and it doesn't work like that. So, so I was a little, you know, I like it, but I thought I would love it and uh, I don't like it. The thing I love and that I finally finished and that I really want to recommend to you is the third season of Ozark. Because you are correct. Generally, these series, the first season is great. The second season, not so good. The third season, blah. The third season of Ozark had me wrapped up the same way I'm wrapped up in Better Call Saul. They add a new character this season. It's an actor named Tom Pelfrey. And he comes to visit uh, Wendy. Uh, He's her brother. And he happens to be bipolar. So he's a little crazy. Crazy. And they, of course, are working for the cartel. <laughs> and so when you're working for the cartel, it's not good to have a loose cannon running around in the family. Right. And Janet McTeer uh, moves to the Ozarks to uh, handle them as the cartel cartel lawyer. And in the season, Julia Garner, who won the Emmy last year, she's so good, you know, is that really kind of vulnerable, wounded, tough, redneck girl. Uh, she makes a new alignment. She, uh, she uh, gets crosswise with uh, the birds. So I highly recommend Ozark, and it's really worth waiting through. And the way they program the series or the season, each episode, kind of like Better Call Saul, uh, each episode builds on the one before. So the, so the tent, it's like, you know, they're turning the screwdriver on you. I'm just, I'm a big fan of Ozark season three. So, uh, so that's what we got. So we got a lot uh, going on there. Should we yeah. go back over this? I remember all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Mrs. America. That sounds terrific. And Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. And Last Dance on ESPN. And uh, The Big Benefit on all the networks Saturday night. And for me, uh, Ozark Season 3. And Monday night, the finale of Better Call Saul. Can we do like a deep dive into Better Call Saul next week? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Are you proud? You're probably going to be writing about that anyway. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. It's certainly on all of our minds. So, wow. A lot going on. Yep. Well, let's see. Let me read this tease here. Coming up, we have an all new edition of What's Your Favorite Movie? <laughs> that Jen signed off on this week. <laughs> but right now, here's Lou Katz with a shameless plug for our enabler, which is Hound Radio. And for that, we turn to my best friend, Siri. Siri here. If you've been paying attention, you've heard that your phone could be loaded with germs. Why not take a moment to give me a good cleaning? Oh, my. Ah. Yes. Wait. 
Great. You missed a spot. Thanks. Let me pay you back with more of the best breeds of music on Hound Radio. Thank you, Siri. And you can find us on the internet at houndradio.com. And by the way, we do offer a free app for Apple and Android phones. Now, Arch, back to you. I keep getting emails from our lone emailer, Bob Spruill of Pittsburgh. Mm. He wants us to list our all-time top favorite actors and actresses. I don't know if I'm smart enough for that, but wow. what do you think? <laughs> that I mean, might it's... take more brain power than I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Two names actually popped into my head um, right away. One is Jimmy Stewart, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I think probably on everybody's list, maybe. Right. Um, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman, who I, every time I think about him, I'm so sad he's not here anymore because he was right. just such a tremendous actor, um, elevated every single film that he was in. So that's two. Nicholson, Jack Nicholson. I used to love everything he did. I'll work on that. But this <laughs> week, what's your favorite movie presents... What's your favorite movie set on a train? (laughs) Because I've revealed that I like trains and uh, and run is running on HBO and they and as you said last week it's uh, Dom Hall Gleason and uh, that actress from uh, Merritt Weaver yeah who was from uh, Unbelievable she's I really like her where was she before she um well she was on Nurse Jackie and she was in Deadwood and she was also in the uh, Netflix Western I think it was called Godless did you ever see that Godless I think that's right do i have that name right maybe Uh, i'll double check it uh, my wife is very religious (laughs) 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 my (laughs) might have had to wait for her to leave the room (laughs) no it's not it's not um it has absolutely nothing to do with religion Um, oh i know it's yeah it is it is godless did you ever watch it never did no what was that's excellent you i bet you would really really like that it's really good and i don't even like westerns that much but that one was terrific wow so so anyway what's your favorite movie set on a train I mean, I feel like we're both going to say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because there's really one that comes into your head right away. Yeah. You want to take that one, Arch? (laughs) Well, actually, two, and they're both by Hitchcock Mm -hmm. as a hint. Are we on the same page? Well, I mean, Strangers on a Train was the first one. Certainly. Yeah. It's not Uh, all. I was thinking of North by Northwest. Oh, true. Yeah. Remember? North by Northwest, Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint, and they meet on the 20th Century Limited, which he uh, jumps on to New York, and they're going to Chicago. And uh, uh, that was interesting to me. That was made in 1959, which was sort of the end of the of the glamorous streamlined train uh, era. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it presented trains in all their glory. And of course, there is that delicious final shot where the train dives into a tunnel <laughs> and uh, Carrie and Eva Marie are married. So North by Northwest. What 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 is yours? Well, I have I have a few actually. Uh-huh. I, I have three others that I wanted to mention. Yeah. One of which I mentioned on a recent podcast in a non-train context which is uh, Before Sunrise, which is not all on a train, but it starts mm. out with the two main characters meeting um, yes. on a train in Europe. And then um, this is also not entirely on a train, but it was a sort of a takeoff on Strangers on a Train, Throw Mama from the Train. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. 
Yeah, I remember seeing that um, at the movie theater at White Flint when that came out, and I, I thought it was really funny. Um, and then a more recent one, which is Snowpiercer, um, the, mm-hmm. the yeah. film that Bong Joon-ho, who just won the Oscar for Parasite, um, right. directed, and that they're actually making into a TV series that's going to debut next month on TNT where it's a kind of post-apocalyptic climate change has riddled the world and and the main way to survive is to get on this train and of course there's all is- kinds of issues of class and and um so on within that environment but um it's a great movie I don't know if the tv show is going to be quite as good but it's a great movie it was one of my favorite movies Snowpiercer where uh and you know the the hero battled his way from third class to second class to first class <laughs> from the start of the train to the end of the train yeah. it's the same thing so... that happens to me when I try to get a seat in the quiet car it's very similar <laughs> Yes, I want to ride on the quiet car with you because I love being in there when somebody starts talking on their phone and the entire car goes, shh, quiet car. I I accidentally made a terrible faux pas in the quiet car once where I thought my headphones were plugged into my phone, but they weren't Uh quite. And so I was just blasting an episode of the clown to the entire quiet car until somebody finally was like, it's not, your headphones are not plugged in. Oh, sorry. I have a a train movie. Oh, good. The Taking of Pelham 123. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not the one with uh, John, John Travolta, the original with Gene Hagman. Mm. Is Ed McMahon in that? <laughs> I don't know. Seriously, I Are think you... he is. I think he had a role in that. Really? In the original? The original, the one from the 70s? Yeah, I, I don't Hagman? know. I have to look it up. Well, there that'll be our assignment for next week. So let's see, shall we do some best bets for the weekend? There's a lot to uh, recommend, Jen. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I don't know how many more bets people need. We've, we've given them so much already, <laughs> but I will I will just reiterate a couple things. One is the, the One World at Home concert that we talked about that airs on Saturday night. And The Last Dance, the ESPN documentary series about Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, which airs on Sunday night. And then also the next episode of Run, which, you know, I know you weren't impressed, Arch, but mm-hmm. keep going. All right. I'll I'll watch, you know, I've got it on my, you know, the thing I like, I moved and I had Comcast and now I've got Verizon and on Verizon, you can record a whole series whenever it pops up, uh, Mm -hmm. they record. So that's on my queue. I took uh, World on Fire off of it and I took um, Kill Eve off of it. So I'll get a run. And I just want to give a plug again for the third season of Ozark. If you're watching Ozark, uh, the third season is actually um, as good as the first season, uh, shockingly so. And then there's the finale of Better Call Saul, and man, I can't wait for that. Although I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm uh, frightened. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. So, uh, Jen, any final words for us? I was just going to say crisscross because we were talking about strangers on a train, but I don't know oh. if that's a good way to end. Oh, I like that. That's good. <laughs> I'd like to quote something that's uh, going around online. I've absorbed so much soap and sanitizer that when I pee, it cleans the toilet. <laughs> oh, that would be convenient. That's a pretty picture, Arch. <laughs> Lewis? 
wrap this thing up, will you? Well, I'm sure that you've probably noticed on, if you watch any of the network evening TV shows and some of the specials on the COVID-19 dilemma that we're going through, on some of the feel-good stories towards the end, and I'm thinking I'm a big fan of Lester Holt on Nightly News, I want to play a version of Amazing Grace. This is from the Louisiana nurses who got together, I guess, during a break. And they all have their their masks on and they were singing Amazing Grace just to hopefully, you know, calm people's nerves. And I thought we'd play that to wrap the show up. podcasting system.